Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, you may have just heard uh, recently on our CBS News that a uh, helicopter with five Marines has gone missing in California. Well, they have now found the helicopter, uh, but this is kind of weird. Um, Researchers are searching for five U.S. Marines after a missing helicopter on which they were flying was located on February 7th, today. Um, The helicopter was found by searchers in Pine Valley, California at 9.08 a.m. this morning, so just a few hours ago, according to a spokesperson on the 3rd Marine Air Wing. The Marines have still not been located, but they were on this. They they, uh, evidently left departed on a CH-53E Super Stallion helicopter from Creech Air Force Base in Clark County, Nevada, and were supposed to land at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in California on uh, yesterday, February 6th. When the aircraft was reported as overdue, searcher rescue started, but they did find the helicopter, but they they, they have not found either the Marines got off of it and it was just uh, mechanically left uh, unusable, and they're wandering around out there. They said the current weather conditions are a mix of snow and rain. The Sheriff's Department is currently using 4 by 4 Jeeps to search the area due to the difficult and muddy terrain. The department has a crew on standby ready to launch if weather conditions change and allow for safer flying. So this is uh, really not good weather for flying out in that area at all right now. Because of this, uh, what do they call it, Kenny, uh, some river or some kind of nonsense that they call the weather conditions out there. So, little, we'll, I'm sure we'll get more information as the day goes on. And if not, I'll let you know tomorrow on whether they did find the crew, the five members of that marine helicopter that are missing. They have found the helicopter at 9.08 this morning, uh, but have not located the crew as of yet. But that doesn't mean they're, you know, I don't know what the crash conditions are, what happened. We'll find out more. Anyway, we've got Fred from no, Hawthorne. No, Brad, we're going to ask yes. Fred to hold on. On the phone, Brad, from Nevada, we have the candidate, none of the above. Now, candidate, none of the above, go ahead, please. Hi, Brad. I'm a, a non-person. <laughs> a oh, non-person. I I oh, I, I guess it is Fred. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm Fred. I forgot who I was. <laughs> but you won the election in Nevada. You gotta feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I gotta balance the budget too. You you watch me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Brad. Uh as yes. a follow up to my comment about President Biden just saying stop to uh stop the yeah. crisis. Uh I have a, an idea how to convince them to do that. But I'd like to use okay. my impersonation of the late Walter Winchell's radio newscast to present that idea. Is that okay? Okay. All right, okay. sure. Lay it on us. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Round and round across the nation, all the ships to sea. This is Walter Winchell with the day's news. Headlines. The Mexican border is in chaos. None of our congressional representatives or President Biden know how to stop it. The people can't wait 11 months for the next administration to act. It's time for the people to use pen power. The people that want the border crisis to stop should just mail a postcard 
to President Joseph R. Biden, Jr. at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest, Washington, D.C., 20500. It states, stop the border chaos. Seal the border now by executive order. Let us act now as there is no tomorrow. You know what, you know what, Fred, as crazy as as crazy as this sounds, it might work. (laughs) As crazy as that sounds, if everybody out there would send a postcard to President Joe Biden telling him to close the border and stop the chaos, it just might work. What I'm hoping is Uh, viral. Yeah, (laughs) couldn't hurt. Good. If we had 100 million people send letters. (laughs) <laughs> that would, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if if a hundred million, if 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 out of three hundred and thirty million, a hundred million would send postcards, he would get the message pretty quick. But I don't right. think he's he's got a plan. He's got a plan right now, Fred. You heard it in first hour. He's gonna let the, he's gonna give your tax money to help develop third world countries, their economy. So that they'll stop having their people leave to come north up here. Right. So uh, if yeah. the uh, Facebook and those others pick this up, they can spread it like wildfire, you know. And then it's just word of mouth. I'm trying to start the word of mouth going here. That's the main thing. I think the people have more power than the president if they just use their pen. It doesn't take long. Exactly. To Exactly. And that pen might have to be used to mark an X or in where you want to have the new administration. But Fred's right. You can't really can't wait 11 months or however long it's going to be between now and then. If we see more of this invasion coming across the border, my God, there could be another two million people here by the time uh, we get into November. And uh, that we just can't continue to have that. <clears throat> Anyway, Kenny, I've been reading the story you sent me from, from Representative. Uh, what? How does she pronounce her name? Like Demuth? Joe Namath. Like Joe Namath, only Namath. Yes, Namath. Now, wouldn't you like to have a pay increase of thirty-two thousand dollars in one year? Um. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would love that. Well, get yourself one of these seven commissioner jobs, and man, you know I wouldn't want one of those. It would, wouldn't you? We'd have to get a hold of our Friday tax guy. We'd have tax problems. We'd, we wouldn't know what to do with the money. The, but Lisa, uh, she, she does make a good statement here. She said this adds insult to injury for Minnesotans and further shows how misaligned Democratic priorities are. Democrats promised Minnesotans a $2,000 rebate check and tax relief, and instead they blew the whole $18 billion surplus and raised taxes by $10 billion so that they could build a $730 million office building for themselves and re- reward their own huge pay raises. And most of you out there in radio land, you're responsible for it. You let them get away with it. You keep voting the Democrats into office by bigger and bigger numbers. Um, Now, there is hope this year. I just read a story this morning out of St. Paul that the Republicans have raised a good deal of money 
four campaigns this year for state re- state representative and state congressmen, state senators. But that that sounds good, and it, money is not everything. Money does not always win elections. Unfortunately, most times it does. And as Lou used to say, money is the mother's milk of politics. So even though the the Republicans have little or nothing in the state of Minnesota, they did raise a fair amount of money this year to run an effective campaigns against the Democrats. We'll see how that goes. But there are some races this year that look like they could be won. And of course, that <clears throat> that goes to say that we're going to need to have people like Natalie Zelesnikar continue to hang on to that seat that she got just a couple of years ago up here because her vote can make a heck of a difference in the in the state of Minnesota. So anyway, uh, you know, we've got problems here in Minnesota, but they've got problems all over the country. But look at the story that I just got uh, of the NBC News uh, sources from New York City. Five dozen employees, that's 70 people, 70 New York Housing Authority employees were charged with accepting cash payments in exchange for giving out contracts, federal officials said, calling it the largest single-day bribery takedown in the Justice Department's history. This came in yesterday, February 6th, uh, on the NBC News Service. Seventy current and former employees are alleged to have received cash <clears throat> from contractors in exchange in exchange for housing authority no-bid contracts. See, they have that in New York where you don't you don't have to put a contract out for bid and you know accept the low bidder. You can put it can be a no-bid contract and you can just award it to anybody you want, whoever gives you the most money. The uh, U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New, of New York announced in a news release that defendants are accused of demanding over $2 million in bribe money and awarding over $13 million worth of no-bid contracts. Most of the defendants, 66 of them, were arrested Tuesday in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and North Carolina on charges that include solicitation and, and receipt of bribe, extortion, and conspiracy. One defendant was also charged with destruction of evidence and making false statements, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. This is huge, huge bribery going on in the Housing Authority. Housing Authority CEO Lisa Bova Hyatt said in a statement that the agency has zero tolerance for wrongdoing and an illegal activity. Well, if you got zero tolerance, how did you have 70 people accepting bribes? And and why are you giving out no-bid contracts? The individuals allegedly involved in these acts put their greed first and violated the trust of our residents, their fellow New York City employees, colleagues, and all New Yorkers. These actions are counter to everything we stand for as a public servant and will not be tolerated in any form. I hope she isn't caught with her hand in the kitty. 
Bribes are alleged to have happened when repairs and construction work required the housing authority, the largest public housing authority in the country, to use outside contractors, the U.S. Attorney's Office said. Contractors are typically chosen in a bidding process. However, there are times when designated staff members can hire contractors of their choosing without soliciting multiple bids, the office says. The defendants, who were all employees under the alleged scheme, demanded and received cash in exchange for New York City housing contracts by either requiring the contractor to pay up front in order to be awarded the contract or requiring payment after the contractor finished the work and needed an NYCH employee to sign off on the completed job so the contractor could receive payment. In other words, basically telling the contractor, look, I'll sign off on this job so you can get paid, but you got to give me a little, uh, a little something, something here. You got to give me a little, a little skimmy off the top. The defendants typically demanded five hundred to two thousand dollars, depending upon the size of the contract. The U.S. Attorney's Office said. <clears throat> U.S. Attorney Damian Williams accused the defendants of running the scheme to line their own pockets. Well, really? Did you just figure that out, Damian? <laughs> anyway, NYCH residents deserve better. My office is firmly committed to cleaning up the corruption that has plagued the New York City Housing Authority for far too long. Jacqueline Strober, the commissioner of New York City Department of Investigation, said the department recommended a reform of the Housing Authority's no-bid contracting process and that the authority accepted it. Well, good for them. The Housing Authority provides housing in 335 developments across the city and receives more than $1.5 billion in federal funding from the Department of Housing and Urban Development every year. More than 300,000 people live in its buildings, according to NBC News New York. So this is, this is going to be hitting the airwaves more and more over the next few days. But this is huge amounts of money that are being stolen from the taxpayers. Of, well, it was stolen from the taxpayers in New York because they allowed a, uh, a process to give the jobs to their cronies, to their buddies, that they knew would pay them a certain amount of the money for giving them the contracts. It just doesn't make sense that they would operate this way, but they did. Anyway, we've, uh, we've come to that point. We've got to take our first break here of hour number three. We'll be back right after this break. KDAL time is 129. Sky Harbor Airport, Brad, that's where all the action is. 36 degrees, and the winds are kicking out of the northeast. They're sustained at 20 miles an hour. And uh, we have somebody on the phone that uh, can help uh, keep you warm. Uh, Matt Boo, real quickly, um, boy, I'll tell you, that gas insert, I love it during this mild winter because we've been using it every night. Yeah, and the, and the furnace doesn't come on. <laughs> no, it doesn't come on as often, and it, it keeps us warm in the room that we use it. It's in our living room, of course, and it's just a real nice thing to have. It really is. 
No, we've been, uh, Barb and I have got one as well, and we use it all the time. And, and same thing, just that's the room you're in and you're using and you're reading and having coffee and, and then uh, shut it off and go to bed. Well, Matt, I, I wonder, has anybody ever made a, an analysis of how much that might save you on your forced air unit over a heating season just by using that to keep the chill off without using the forced air? Uh, it's been done roughly. Uh, you know, the, the hard calculations are, um, you know, what does it cost for a million BTUs and what efficiency you're getting out of your appliances and then the amount of use. So there's there's formulas out there to do that. Uh, we had a one of the upper ups and comfort systems one time. He actually did an analysis, um, <laughs> and it, it did say his even though his gas fireplace was less efficient um, than his furnace, but he was able to use the gas fireplace. It actually came out uh, better ahead, money wise. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that it would be, especially on, like Kenny said, these mild winters like this one. You know, your furnace really doesn't need to run nearly as much as if you just keep it reasonable with your gas insert. Yeah, and you're heating a zone, and you're not heating up all those rooms that you're not in. There's a federal uh, tax credit available now for high-efficient wood-burning products, uh, either cordwood or pellet. And that's exactly why that incentive's out there is to get some of the dirty, inefficient stuff off and get some high-efficiency products in. Uh, the manufacturers, we're just coming into our uh, sports show next week. And so oh, yeah. we've got manufacturers that are actually kicking in a little bit. Hearthstone, which is a, a nice, good-quality, beautiful wood stoves, um, they're doing a promotion on top of the tax credit. So that's, you know, double-dip that way. Uh, Regency's doing some good product uh, promos, and we're working on some sauna promos for the sports show. And of course, you shouldn't. We should never forget to let people know that you guys are also the source for a lot of saunas. Saunas are becoming more and more of a nice thing to have in your home, and you can do everything from just equipping a sauna if somebody's got a sauna already and they just want some buckets and ladles or whatever else. You've got those, but you've also got kits where somebody can build an entire sauna in their home. Yeah, and we've taken it one step further. So uh, if you want a kit, you sure can do it. We can install a kit, but we can also custom uh, install a sauna as well in your home. So if, nice. uh, if you have nothing and you have ideas and vision, uh, we can go in there and, and map it out, give you a price on it, and you can put in whatever wood you want to use and and build it for you fantastic well let's let's do this let's uh let's tell people where you can be found matt and what hours of operation you're there and uh, then tell them how to get a hold of you on the phone sure we are at the corner of 25th avenue west in superior street our showroom hours are monday through thursday eight to six friday eight to four thirty saturday nine to two our landline is 218-727-9002. And you can do a little research or get a hold of us on our website, and that's DuluthStove.com. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt Boo, Duluth Stove and Fireplace. A great place. You know, 
e- even if it's for nothing more than the, just the ambiance of having the lights turned off in the winter and a nice fire going in the fireplace, sitting there reading a book, it just makes winter go so much nicer. Well, listen, um, how are we doing on CBS News? I think we better get to that, don't you? We're doing pretty good. We're going to go to CBS News here, Brad, and uh, maybe I sh- neglect to call you anniversary man. You're celebrating two anniversaries today. Yes. The, 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 the one that I wasn't even aware of myself is this is our second anniversary of being over here on KDAL with Sound Off. We, yes. we had been on uh, WDSM for many, many years, and we uh, moved over here two years ago. And then, of course, my wife and I have been uh, married for 27 years as of today. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's do CBS News, and then we'll come back with more. KDAL time is one thirty-eight. We're overcast, 39 degrees in Duluth. I do not see any precipitation outside the window, but looking at the weather radar, uh, there is some precipitation. And do I have any being reported anywhere? Yes. Eveleth is reporting light rain and 43 degrees, and the winds in Eveleth are southeast at 7. But down at uh, Canal Park, boy, that's where things are happening, Brad. We just had a uh, update, uh, 36 Fog, mist, breezy, and those winds are 21 miles out of the northeast. So, now, does it does it sound kind of like we're going to get rain starting tonight? We are. There's a 60% chance tonight. There's an 80% chance tomorrow. So we're going to get into a uh, a pattern where we're going to see some rain, some wind. Temperatures are still going to be well above normal. 44. Yeah. For the high tomorrow, even with those uh, rains and winds. Uh, But things are going to change this weekend, Brad, and snow is in the forecast. And you know what? I don't mind. I I need snow. You know what? My dog needs snow, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Well, and if we don't watch out, uh, the trees will start budding. And then if we get cold again, then that's going to be a bad situation. So... Hey, I got to ask you a question, Kenny. Yes. Uh, we have one of our listeners, Charles. Uh, he's very, uh, uh, he's very concerned, and I, I, he says I suspect the reason Biden wants to send money to other countries is because once he leaves the United States uh, as president, we have no right to track the cash. They can do whatever they want with it, including doing kickbacks to the Biden family and friends. You don't. Is there any reason to believe that Joe Biden or his son Hunter would take kickbacks? Where's the money? (laughs) In your account. (laughs) Oh, man. I hate to be suspicious there, but... Oh, and, and by the way, for the last couple of weeks, I've been telling you that I, uh, I, I was really leery about the fact that Hamas uh, claims they, they want to trade hostages. They want to trade some of the hostages they took when they incurred into Israel in the invasion of October 7th. And why we aren't seeing these people. And now the Israelis have started to question, well, now yesterday... Israel has called securing the freedom of the hostages abducted on October 7th a key goal in its war against Hamas. Uh, Many in the country were shocked Tuesday, yesterday, when it emerged 
that at least one-fifth of the captives are already dead. See, the Israelis have this group uh, called the Mossad that is like their secret service. Oh, they're really, really good and really thorough. And uh, they have checked out where, where there's been hostages. Israeli intelligence officers have concluded that at least 30 of the remaining 136 hostages captured by Hamas have died since the start of the war. This is really uh, sad. I mean, they have found, Israeli soldiers have found some of the hostages dead in the tunnel systems that they have around the area. And uh, they have other informants that have come forward and said, uh, you know, they know that such and such that was taken as a hostage is dead. They've seen their bodies. So it's it's not good. Say, uh, we got a couple things going on the phone here. First of all, we've had Alan from Duluth who's been keeping us abreast of some of the, especially the Second Amendment and, and gun laws and changes that have tried to be put through and in some cases have been forced through by the DFL-controlled legislature. And I think he has some comments or things to keep an eye on in this upcoming caucus. By the way, uh, this is going to be happening uh, the legislature goes into session in about a week. So, Alan, what are you hearing that uh, they're going to try to force on us when they go back into session here? Well, it's the usual uh, litany of, of you know, anti-gun stuff, but it's not just that. It's all other kinds of things, too, um, you know, how they're spending our money and everything. And well, the reason I'm calling is I just want to get people fired up a little bit here. You know, they should be as incensed about what happened last session Maybe we can undo some of the damages, but, you know, that starts with getting good, decent people elected to office. And yes. The starting, the starting point for all of this, really, then, for people that are listening, if you're upset like I am about what's, what's happened and what is going to happen uh, if we don't get off the couch, is we got to go to our precinct caucuses. It's just so important that people get involved, and this is the starting place for that. You know, so yes. what, what do you do at caucuses? Well... We elect precinct officers. We get connected with other people of like mind so that when it's time to uh, get candidates and so on, that they're there, um, and we can fill in and, and give them those candidates' support. And that's, this is how it starts. We get to talk with our neighbors about uh, issues, and uh, you can submit resolutions that get discussed and voted on, and, and that's the beginning point for the party platforms. Right. So, right. If you're a Republican and you're you're incensed about what's going on, I I encourage you to come to caucuses. So they're they're coming up uh, this February, the 27th. It's a Tuesday, and it uh, starts at seven. But get there early because you know we're expecting a, a large crowds. Um, so 6:30 would be great if you sh- you got some paperwork to do. You know you got to sign in and so on. And uh, it's going to be at the auditorium of the Lincoln School on the hill there. That's where oh, we're going okay. So Tuesday, okay. February 27th, from 7 to about 9 o'clock. It's about two hours. And then that's at the Lincoln School Auditorium. So, yeah, I hope people show up. I mean, this is good. This good advice. And, and as Alan said, that's where it all starts. In fact, a lot of people find out that they go to these caucuses 
And if they get a voice that people are listening to, uh, people might get together with them and say, hey, why don't you run for city council? Why don't you run to be our representative of this area? And that's how it can all start. So this he's very right in saying that this year is really important. We cannot... I, Minnesotans, I don't think, can can financially stand another year like we just went through, where they completely wiped out the biggest surplus we've ever had in the state of Minnesota, and then decided, well, that's not enough money to spend, and then came up with ten million, ten billion more in tax, uh, new taxes. It, it's just uh, beyond belief. So get out, as he said, get out and listen to, you know, read it in the paper, know where your caucuses are, show up at them, register, and start the process. Hey, we've got uh, Corey from over uh, up on the range up around Virginia area. Corey, how you doing today? I'm very well, and yourself? Good, very well. And just think, we spent $17.8 billion on a new flag for the state of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we certainly did. <laughs> Just to put it in a little perspective, but yeah, that, that's basically true, isn't it? I mean, it's just yeah. Uh, yeah. And, well, and what did we get, what did we get for it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> a Somali flag. Oh, uh, <laughs> but there's there's well, things hey, happening. Yes. No, go ahead. Well, I was just, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There, there's a few things happening in the RNC. If we can hap- if we can take a look at what just happened with this Mayorkas uh, impeachment uh, uh, yes. vote, that four Republicans voted no to impeach him. We can see the shambles already that the Democrat Party is in, and we can see the shambles that the Republican Party is in. Now, if we look a little bit higher, the head of the RNC, Rona McDaniels, is now going to be stepping down. That is the niece of Mitt Romney. She has not done anything good for the RNC. So hopefully we can get – there's a name that's floating out there of the name of Scotty Pressler, who has done a lot of work pushing for new – registering new Republican voters and so forth. So we need to uh, take a look at what's going on and get somebody in there that's actually going to do something for the RNC. It's very much like the NRA. They have not done much for gun rights in the last how many years. There are other gun groups that have done a lot more in filing court cases and getting stuff done in support of our Second Amendment rights. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, that was uh, that was a story that did come out this morning that uh, that uh, she is stepping down because, well, she's pretty much being forced to step down. But there are, uh, as you say, there are people out there that are uh, that uh, are being looked at as potential candidates that could lead the party in a in a new direction in a direction that needs to be led. Uh, McDaniel, uh, Chairman uh, Rona McDaniel, uh, has told former President Donald Trump that she is planning to step down shortly after the South Carolina primary on February 24th, and Trump will be likely to promote the chair of the North Carolina Republican Party, a guy by the name of Michael Watley, uh, as her replacement. But that doesn't mean that that's just a done deal. There has to be a vote on that. So there will be a new election during the party uh, get-together during the national convention, and uh, they will elect who takes the place. Watley could face internal party dissension, but he's being pushed uh, by Trump as a guy that can get this get the things done. Trump camp uh, is 
is not uh, is not satisfied with the direction that the party is taking when it as far as finances and just the general election cycle uh, as a whole, as Corey said. So uh, get out and, and make that happen. Um, by the way, I, I thought it was rather interesting. Thank you, Corey, by the way. Uh, I thought it was rather interesting. I also noticed a piece this morning before we go to Minnesota News that the U.S. Justice Department will not file charges against President Joe Biden over his handling of classified documents found in his private home behind his uh, parked uh, Corvette. In By his the garage. way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, that's fine if he's going to, if if our government is not going to do that. But why are they then charging Donald Trump, who is the front runner on the Republican side? He's facing felony charges related to his retention of the same kind of classified document at his storage shed at Mar-Lago. Why is there? Why does there seem to be two sets of uh, procedures that they follow? One for the Democrats, one for the Republicans. Maybe I just answered that question for myself. Anyway, we got to go to Minnesota News. We'll be right back. KDAL time is 155, 55 degrees in Los Angeles. And no rain. In Los Angeles. But boy, they've had oh, the rain, Brad, the last three oh days. Oh my God, have they had the rain. They yeah. really have. A Sunday, they set a daily record. This was downtown Los Angeles. Sunday, 4.1 inches daily record. Ooh. Monday, 2.93, a daily record. And then Tuesday, downtown Los Angeles, one and a half inches. They had a three-day total of uh, eight and a half plus. And uh, so far, year to date, uh, Los Angeles is running eight inches above normal rainfall. Wow. And it's only February incredible. 7th. And, and, of course, what's going to happen is in those canyons and bluffs in the foothills up there, uh, some of that foliage will wash away down onto the roads. It'll make it more difficult uh, for vehicles to get up through there. And then when it starts drying out and everything gets brittle, then you start the fires again. It's a, It seems like it's a cyclical thing yeah, in yeah. California. Right now, the rain that's falling in California is falling uh, pretty heavily, but it's falling north of Los Angeles, up near San Jose, uh, San Francisco. Uh, so rainfall and snowfall continue to affect uh, the California coastlines and the inland areas of the snow and it's going to continue for a while. Atmospheric rivers, Brad. There's That's what they call it, atmospheric rivers. <laughs> Boy, they come up with a new name every time something happens that they oh, haven't seen for a while. And speaking of precipitation, I see a little bit, and I mean a little outside bit. Outside the window? A few drops outside. <laughs> but we're going to get right, some rain, well. and uh, we need it to wash away all the uh, uh, dust and dirt that's been collecting over the past several weeks. You bet. Well, listen, I was very disturbed by this story coming out of coming out of Israel this morning that uh, they have now informed, in fact, Rear Admiral Daniel Hagri has informed 31 families that their captured loved ones are no longer among the living and that we have pronounced them dead. That's just, you know, are we going to have these same protesters that we're talking about ceasefire? Are we going to have them... Uh, protesting to stop killing innocent uh, uh, captives. No, of course not. 
that wouldn't that wouldn't do them any any good at all. But this, there's some really somebody said it the other day on our show that there are there are bad people in this world, and some of these members of Hamas are some of the worst. And Israel is not going to let this thing go until they clean out that entire area. What did we hear yesterday? Uh, the Israelis said they have completely taken apart 18 of 20-some battalions of uh, Hamas fighters. But they're going to continue on until, the, uh, until they've got them completely gone. But it, it never seems to end. Uh, Iran will continue to flow money in to get their surrogates up and running with military supplies again with the purpose of taking down Israel, wiping them off the face of the map. That's been going on since... Uh, who was the guy that wrote that song way back in the 60s? The whole Eastern world, it is exploding. Yeah, Oh, that one. gosh, you put me on the spot. Mc, not, John Mc, McClain? Not was McKenzie. It, it, um, oh, geez. Was it McClain? I can picture his face. He was with the new Christy <laughs> Minstrels. Um, that guy, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, All right, well, me. anyway, we'll be back tomorrow uh, here on 610 KDAL with more Sound Off. I hope you enjoy the evening. Tonight, the Wild are back on radio. Yes, we've got wild hockey on WDSM, so uh, look for that, and uh, we can't wait. Is that a late game, Kenny? 8.30 or something? 8 o'clock. Uh, let's see here. 8 o'clock. Eight, yeah, 8.30, drop of the puck. You are correct. Okay, very good. See you then. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, you got that something. I think you'll understand. Hockey.